Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. All right, all right, everybody. Oh, another event brew. Ready to rock. Feel like I'm about to throw down some MC rhymes and get all crazy. Welcome everybody back to another episode of Event Brew. Today I am joined by a lovely uh, uh, guest host that we are testing out. We're gonna see if she she can she can hang with us over on the Event Brew. Everybody else apparently is sick or working because we're recording on a weird day today. But I'm gonna introduce really quickly our guest host of today, Ariana Black. Ariana, thank you so much for coming and joining the Event Brew. First of all, can you just narrate my whole life? Because I just <laughs> I feel like pumped Ariana for life. grabbed a cup of coffee. <laughs> I feel pumped for life when when you're introing me. And I it's, feel like I should automatically get voted on the island simply because I showed up. You're the you only know, one that showed. You're the only one on an actual island, too. So, yeah, like, we, we definitely can't vote yeah. you off the island. Um, that's kind yeah. of been my motto, like, the last few years is, like, I showed up. You know, that's how it, it's like, I, I don't know. That's how I got here. I showed it's up. It's 50% of life is just showing up, you know? It really is. <laughs> well, we're going to get to give massive crap to all the rest of the hosts for missing out on your first episode ever. If you haven't met Ariana before, make sure you go over to the event icons podcast where you can hear her origin what got her in the industry but we're gonna move on past that because we got a spicy topic for today but before we do that we want to find out what spicy drinks we're drinking on our cups today ariana what do you got what do you got in your cup what are you drinking what surprises well, do you have so i don't want you to think i'm showing off but i did pre-game <laughs> and like listen to a couple of episodes just because right. i like to get my bearings right, but right. what it really did was give me permission to drink what i wanted to drink anyway um, okay. I, I broke up with coffee, official coffee. Oh. Um, like I've been, you know, on again, off again, like romance breakup, like coffee has trashed me and every conference season by the end of it, I'm like, okay, I'm done. And so I keep trying, but I'm drinking this really trendy millennial mushroom drink. It's called everyday dose. It's got oh. like, I think, I think it's about an eighth of the caffeine. It also has cool. L-liacine, which is a synergist. Um, it oh. has, uh, collagen. It has some functional mushrooms in there, and then I mm. added extra functional mushrooms. So I've got mm. some extra turkey tail, some extra lion's mane because I'm cool. trying not to die. And also, like my twenties were really rough, so I'm trying to like pay it forward and <laughs> be really nice to my brain. And like, yeah, I get that. Is it like a mud water kind of like drink? So mud water is much grittier, and that has like a turmeric, and they're using more the the adaptogens, the um like the ginger and the cayenne. Mm. This is all functional mushroom based, so oh, it's cool. delicious because right. mushrooms and coffee, it, the coffee almost totally blends the mushroom taste oh, if you're cool. not into that sort of umami. Yeah, yeah. And but it 
it you get the same like juice feeling from coffee except for then you don't want to die in two hours <laughs> okay okay i like it i like it all right i'm not a big coffee drinker so i'll have to try this out though i've heard like someone just recommended i think even one of these podcasts recommended mud water to me or something like that so i was like oh, i gotta check this out the the idea of using mushrooms to to replace it sounds freaking awesome um, it, you know we're our bodies are so much mushroom anyway that like i'm all on board on team mushroom. no they really are I'm like 90 percent mushroom you know <laughs> no you're like i think you are like 30 percent the mushroom? No, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> There's a uh, there. I saw this uh, great uh, Reddit post that was like, "What what is uh, something that isn't a plant or an animal that we eat a lot of, and it, or that we eat?" And someone's like, "Mushrooms." And like most people don't realize, like mushrooms doesn't fall into like a plant category. It's its like own creature thing, like that exists. Super super fascinating for sure. <laughs> well, and so the the milk product, milk like product that's okay. in here is coconut milk. Um, it's the almond, the Khalifa almond coconut blend. But what I recently learned is that coconut is not a nut. It's a droop. What's a droop? I, never I don't that. I don't know. I didn't go any further than that. <laughs> I stumped you on what the droop is. I was like, well, that's a fun fact. You know, yeah, I'm really, I didn't even know that. I'm really bad at fun facts because I don't retain <laughs> them. So I'm practicing. You do have lots of random fun facts for sure. Um, well, your my drink is nowhere as cool as yours. So I stopped at Panera for lunch today. So I picked up their like – Oh, crap. I literally was like, I'm going to remember the name of it. It's like a prickly pear like tea or something like that. Um, but it's very delicious. It looks like Mountain Dew um, on here. So uh, we'll pour one out for Nick um, <laughs> on there, too. So um, but yeah, it's really good, really sweet. And I figured I'd switch it up from like the usual chai lattes I'm drinking on the podcast today. <laughs> I like the dirty chai. If I'm gonna go chai, I like oh, the dirty really? chai. Oh yeah, I can. Mm -hmm. Like I can actually tell when some when like a barista's like because sometimes you always like yeah let's have a chai iced chai or whatever it is and like okay cool boom you know and sometimes they ask and they're like do you want to put espresso in it but sometimes they forget or they I don't know they mess up the order and like I can look at it and I'll be like that's not a normal chai there's definitely espresso in there I can like tell by the hue of it um, and I drink it and I go oh I don't like this and like. Coffee is the point where, like, I literally, if I taste it, I'm like, I can't drink this at all. See, you're lucky because you're saving yourself from, like, a really tumultuous breakup, get back together, <laughs> breakup, get back together. Like, just stay broken up. Is Never tea date. really that much better, though? I don't know. It, it truly is because the caffeine in tea is a slightly different caffeine molecule. Oh. And it's also, I like to stack my caffeine to make sure okay. it's still working right. Uh, <laughs> biohacker oh. for life. It's like, but, that, well, they call it, a, a, instead of, like, a hippie flip, they'll call it, like, an event planner hip or something, or flip or something like that. Like, I, stack your I, caffeine on top right. of each other. Right. <laughs> I'm all on the Dave Asprey train. I'm trying to biohack. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's let's dive on in because we got a really cool topic for today. Um, I don't have a great transition for this one unless I were to gamify it. Oh, oh my gosh, that one wasn't even planned and it was horrible. Um, so Ariana, you had this great idea. Then you have this like gripe to give with gamification, and I wanted to let you soapbox for a minute about why gamification that doesn't work or sometimes there's gamification that sucks i you know i'm trying to remain open-minded so i'm going to say that in the experiences that i have personally witnessed i have found that gamification mostly just kind of sucks it's either really flat um you know oh get on this leaderboard for this thing that you don't really care about yeah. or it's entirely like it's it's either lightly disguised or not even disguised as a ploy to get you to do what the organizers want you to do or what the sponsors want you to do. So like I'm racing around to booths to get some kind of digital stamp in order to get swag that I'm going to throw out in my hotel room. Like I, 
I struggle with this. And then I'm looking at it in the, in the digital space and looking at how we've seen some examples of gamification, you know, go post this thing on social media, go do this, get this point so that you can win this badge or, or virtual swag or whatever. And I'm just, I guess I'm struggling with the idea that there's real attendee value here, that we're helping the attendee to serve the purposes that they showed up for. And somebody posted on LinkedIn yesterday was saying about, was saying they really saw gamification as the bridge between the digital space and the on-site space. And I'm struggling with that because I don't know that it needs a bridge, first of all. And then also, I'm, I cannot see a space where this creates more value for the attendee. Like I, but I want to be open-minded. So I slept on it. <laughs> I slept on it and I woke up and I was thinking about the two instances where I've seen, actually three, where I've seen gamification really drive positive behavior and really be in the best interest of both the, I'm going to call them organizers of the event and also of the participant. And mm -hmm. those would be Orange Theory, Peloton, and Fitbit. Mm -hmm. These are all, we... We participate, we are attendees in these things because they're helping us further our fitness goals. Orange Theory has some sort of like splat points. I'm not entirely certain, but I've had friends like screenshot yeah, me. No, yeah, no idea, I'm not an Orange Theory person. Or, splat or, points. And they're really excited about being on the leaderboard. I have a friend who was like crossing her fingers. She'd get some kind of Peloton shout out for some sort of well, like real quick, anniversary. On, on the Orange Theory portion to dive into it, I think one reason why it might work really well too is that like they, so for anyone who's not, uh, aware of Orange Theory, it's ex they measure everything. So you have like you wear a heart rate monitor. You're trying to hit like your hit zone, your high intensity workout zone. Like it's very they measure everything that comes into it. So I think that's uh, one important thing to note. But keep going with Peloton. So I'm just thinking about how th these measures, though these metrics that they're using, are directly in line with the reason you sign up for these services or you mm -hmm. show up to these events. Right? They're about fitness. They're not this other sideways, go visit the sponsors, post on social media thing. They're directly mm -hmm. in line with the reason we showed up. Interesting. And so I'm really thinking about what could gamification look like if it's directly in line with the attendees' real reasons for showing up? Ooh, interesting. Okay. For, so, for, for example, like... Well, wait, before you get to that, I want to I wanna argue in as part of this argument first before you get into solution mode. Bring right, it, right, bring right. it. Okay, so... Um, I think I definitely agree that like, you know, just having a leaderboard or like, especially if you're like, oh, hey, like we used to do like the, oh, bingo card it up to find, to get, to win a prize, to meet all the vendors, but at least like very shallow engagement. And like, I think we've talked about this a bit on event icons, um, is that like, so for example, uh, shouts to Alex Plaxon, who used to like, they had a tweet leaderboard at HubSpot's inbound conference. And it was like, whoever could tweet the most with the specific hashtag of the conference. So he live tweets for a living at that time of his career. And he live tweeted every single presentation he saw. And he like crushed it. He ended up getting like Bose headphones. And it was like, you know, I'm sure generating a lot of tweets, but the question was like, like how much value was actually a part of that too. However, like because I think you're on team, like make the engagement better. I think there's examples where you sometimes just gamifying someone can get them very active. So I kind of wish that Tui was here, and maybe we'll have to do like a second episode where she can defend herself as part of this. But I think uh, she's talked about it on this podcast before. But every single time there's like one of those walking challenges, uh, specifically like uh, from Heka Health, where it's like, oh, you connect your Apple Health, whoever gets the most amount of steps, and you know, you do all these things like that. Like she's like, 
I'm gonna win this. So she literally like, even if she's a virtual attendee, she'll like listen to all the sessions and just like go and walk out and do all these things like that. And just like walk for like the entire day to get to it. And then Nick does something very, very similar where he does like the Pokemon Go. I think though, when it comes to it, like what I found though, is that like, what it sounds like you're saying is like, it gamification is not good when it doesn't align to the goals of the event. Right. Like I've heard of these zombie walking challenges also being very popular. And, but if I sign up for a walking challenge and then you're awarding me points for walking, that makes mm -hmm. sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I guess I'm trying to think through examples and events where what I'm awarded for the behavior that I'm awarded for is the behavior that I came there to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so for example, I'll use this example. So we use Hublot as part of our uh, uh, community platform. So it has a leaderboard and we can set up the points on how we're doing everything. Um, I think it was the third, fourth month in, somebody figured out that you get points for viewing profiles, sending connection requests and sending messages. So they messaged every single person, looked at every single profile, which was interesting though. So like for me as an organizer, I liked it because I, the, the default notifications are set up that like when someone views your profile or messages you, it sends them an email notification. And we've been struggling to get our members to come back in if they haven't downloaded the physical, the, the iOS or Android app, which gives more notifications than just those like, you know, two or three out of Hublot. So like what we found, I was like, I was like, you know, yeah, this person kind of gamed the system. We don't have any like formal prizes at all. We're just like, I post a screenshot of the top three people at the end of every month. It, it's interesting though, like how sometimes it can maybe be good, but like, I also want, you know, that person didn't make it on the leaderboard the next month. So they obviously figured out like, oh, this is just not worth it or whatever it may be on there. So it's like, you know, some people I think are gamed to hack it in some ways, but. I would, I would argue though that in that instance, those aren't arbitrary awards of points. Like you got me into this event community that you're, you know, betaing. And, I, and the reason I joined is because I'm really realizing how much I'm craving to be being around expertise of other event folks that I really mm -hmm. want to talk about people who talk about this in my language mm -hmm. and who are super fascinated by the behaviors behind it. So the reason we're in that container is connectivity and is mm. to spark those new connections. So you're not driving us to visit a sponsor booth or oh, yeah, yeah. to do something else that furthers your agenda. Like it's not invite another member in. It's actually engaging within this container that we already want to be in. I'm going to look and, real quick too, because I'm like, shit, do my points actually set up? I probably do have it set up that like, if, yeah, if you view a virtual booth, you get two points, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, but like granted, like we, our partner side of the community is less important than the, the main por portion of it on there too. So anyway, sorry. <laughs> so I'm just really like, I guess I'm really asking myself like where, where could meaningful gamification happen mm -hmm. in physical space? Where does meaningful gamification happen in digital space? And do those two need to connect? Is there value in those two things connecting? Ooh, and and I'm, I'm looking at it, for example, like at attendee behavior, why do people show up to a physical conference? Often it's about you know networking and information consumption. But I haven't seen it's like the step that we're missing from in-person conferences is that easy follow-up. So I'm, I'm thinking that if there was a way that I am somehow through the event app, I'm awarded a point for actually making a one-on-one -on -one meeting with this person on my calendar later. If I, you know, it's that follow-through behavior. How do we drive the behavior that the attendees really want? Mm, and yeah. how, how would we measure that? How would we, you know, 
how do we get these platforms to directly know that like we made a we messaged on LinkedIn? Like I because for me, LinkedIn is yeah. always the bottom line. That's the yeah. thing. That's the through line for most of us in our careers and our connectivity is it all needs to come back to LinkedIn. Mm. And all of these platforms want to own the interactions. They want to own the connections, but we all want them to go back to LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. I wonder yeah. if it's like something like if a platform could track the clicks. So like if you have a LinkedIn profile button like on your on your 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 profile inside the app that that makes it but but I would challenge people to say that I think that interaction them coming off of LinkedIn is bad because now you're like you know what it, let's say for example they build a bunch of great connections they go why does I even come back to the conference like you almost like want to own that connection inside your platform and build a community on it but that's a whole separate topic <laughs> probably than the gamification piece so um I got a I got an idea for you to kind of build upon what you're talking about maybe this will spark some like ideation for you so um have you ever played like an RPG game before a role-playing game like a like a World of Warcraft or like Elder Scrolls Online like where you like level up a character and as you leveled up you can get more like abilities and things like that I haven't okay so quite frankly um <laughs> <laughs> this is embarrassing and gonna like I'll just tell y'all like I'm 41 just so y'all know okay but Tetris was like Tetris okay. with the, the arrows. Yeah, yeah. That Everyone knows what Tetris is. <laughs> yeah. But I stayed up all night, all night oh, playing wow. Tetris several times in high school. And I was like, oh, this is tricky behavior. You're not allowed to do this. This is belongs in that category of things that are not oh. for you. Oh, like that. Like you taught yourself that it was bad to like get hooked on a video game. For me, for me, it's it triggers compulsivity too much. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Well. Okay, so this probably wrapped in the conversation. Too bad we don't. Again, Nick is here. Like Nick, a hardcore in video games too. So I get to speak on behalf of everybody else who isn't here. So sucks, hosts, for not being here. Um, so I think that there is a, like an appropriate amount of games. Like I think it can be healthy for you. But like, yes, a, I think like for example, modern day video games sometimes have issues where, for example, they're like you have to lot. Like for example, I played this more recent game called Splitgate. It's like Halo meets Portal, which I know means absolutely nothing to you, but someone in the audience probably does. Um, well, they did this thing where like you get extra points for if you log in consecutively into the platform, which is smart. They want people on the game. They want them utilizing it. You know, all these things like that, and it rewards you for that behavior that they want to utilize the game. Is that really the best for healthiness? You know, like I go sometimes a week, two weeks, three weeks without ever touching a game, but then come back and we'll do like three days in a row. Um, but what's interesting, I think, with a lot of these like modern games is that they're finding out that like that let's follow why was world of warcraft so addicting and so popular was because the idea of like you level up your character and as you do you get more abilities and as you do you get new items and things like that um so i shared you a link in the the chat there's a there's a uh there's a productivity software called habitica it used to be called habit rpg and basically what it is it's like your to-do list software. But every single time you complete a to-do list, you level up your character and you unlock items and skins and all these things like that. So like it basically is gamifying your to-do list side. I never used it because I don't need that to get stuff done. Right. I just need organization and a place to keep it all. Just give but, me a sauna. Just give yeah, me exactly. A sauna give me a sauna. To-do list is my, my end, you know, right? Um, but I think like 
what if in let's imagine a future with gamification what if like a platform figured out that like instead of getting people on a leaderboard instead you unlocked things as you unlock like you got oh you printed out a gold badge for next year's conference you your virtual event what your character and your avatar changed you you got badges to put next to your name like that shit I think would totally that matters. Yeah, yeah, you just sparked so many when you the second you said unlocked, I actually my brain went back in the physical space. I'm seeing a venue and I'm seeing a access, special access to a VIP suite with key, live oh, Q&A yeah. with keynotes that I only got into because I gathered a certain amount of points doing behaviors that furthered everybody's goals. That's what mm -hmm. we have to find is like how do we find those behaviors that that are at that nexus of everybody's goals, everybody's objectives for being there, all of our groups, and then unlocking capability, mm. which in in physical space, I mean, maybe that is premium swag. I don't know. I don't want to get into swag, but <laughs> like, I have too many opinions there. But you know, it's really about access. It's about accessing capabilities. Yeah. So in physical space, to me, this feels like a limited time opportunity to meet to meet people face-to-face, -face, engage, interact in a way I wouldn't otherwise be able to. Maybe it's access to the front row seats, you know, It's but it's access. And you just, you did get me just really thinking about <laughs> that. And, I, and now I'm like, okay, now how do I parlay that to digital space and unlocking access through gamification, making sure that what they're unlocking is access to something they actually want. Not yeah. something that I think they want. And I think giving people those options to unlock the specific things they want too, because like, you know, so, like I think when you say like things like a leaderboard, well, your choice is like I have to move up or I'm going to move down. But like in reality, like an RPG game, it might be that you need to kill five orcs to unlock this one thing. And I think that's really, I mean, like to parlay towards an event tech topic, which we might may put over to the event tech podcast is like platforms probably need to make it so there's more customization around these gamifications, right? Like, yeah, for example, I can get front row seats unlocking by asking lots of great questions in the you know i get the most upvoted question uh in a uh, a keynote um it might be that um you know i i get access to the vip thing because i made the most amount of connections during the happy hour by you know b bumping my badge to someone else or something like that right. like, or, or maybe that allows me to then you know join the moderation queue whereas you know you have to get a certain amount of points in order to participate on video you know as opposed to ooh, just yeah. chat or you know, the other thing that I'm thinking is like, so what, what's gold for, for us a lot of times in digital space is ability to customize your profile, right? This is my oh, yeah, avatar, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So yeah. maybe I get more characters in my profile field. Mm -hmm. Maybe I get mm -hmm. the ability to upload a video introduction rather than just a photo. Like these are all things that would enhance my goals as an attendee. Now you can meet me faster in a more meaningful way through my profile. They enhance my yeah. goals as an organizer. I want people meeting each other in a more meaningful way. Yeah. And yeah. now I just got to figure out how to get a sponsor to pay for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You well, know, I mean, and like, maybe that's maybe that's Capsule. Maybe that's your video software that does those video intros. Like, there's got to yeah. be a, a way where we all have interests in common. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my mind's racing like across all these ideas. But I think your point, though, of like get the figure out what the behavior it is of, of what you want and what they want, align those. And then I think the other thing is, too, is like just don't put them all on one single leaderboard. Because like I think this is the thing that most planners are thinking about is like, oh, we'll just give VIP access to the number one spot. We'll Oh, we'll give, you know, um, front row seats to the people that are like second, third, fourth, fifth in the in the thing. But the problem is like 
that's so much work versus like sometimes like mini mic. So like maybe the piece that's missing from gamification too is like mic, like almost my, I almost use microtransaction, but micro achievements, you know, like getting little trophies. Like, so, you know, again, well, to bring it back to customization, let yeah, me choose which prize I'm working towards. Like yeah. I want to choose what I'm going to get if I'm throwing darts at this board. I think, yeah. you know, allowing the attendees some agency in that too. Well, also too, like, so here's the thing I think that we can play upon with game, game gamification that's worked really well for video games too, is that like a lot of times too, like when you get an achievement and you unlock, you get a trophy on PlayStation Network or you get a, I think it's called achievement on Xbox. Like the, it usually happens really quickly when you're on it and you get that micro, like the sound goes off. It's all exciting. You get a notification. Like imagine that notification popping up. You unlocked this, blah, blah, blah. And it's like very basic, like come get your free like wristband or something like that. You know, we talk about swag and potentially that could be a way but like you know i don't know whatever it is like it immediately unlocks like you almost have to think about how you're going to activate the dopamine receptor of the brain to give that like little bit of taste to convince a person to keep going down keep that gamification going. like that's my problem with leaderboards is sometimes i hop on leaderboards on day one of the conference and i'm like that dude has ten thousand points already he's been on the platform for like seven weeks like just viewing every profile messaging everybody you know and i'm like i know it's like impossible to beat that person but if i said oh like i just have to do this three easy tasks to unlock this little bit of, of whatever right. it is boom levels like back to your your video game analogy and levels and making these sort of like micro attainments or these so it's not that you have to hit the very top it's like you hit that third level and you're gonna unlock something yeah and um, I, I, so I'm actually, I always think that I always try to go back to my own behavior. Like what have I participated in these things? And I'm thinking about the one time where I did participate in a gamification activity and visit a bunch of like sponsor booths and stuff. And it was when Socio and WebEx first, you know, got married and had a baby. And, uh, <laughs> they called themselves like, WebEx events. <laughs> right. Uh, shout out Socio. I love y'all. You're scrappy like Indiana. Um, but I got a little overwhelmed when it turned into WebEx, but they had a leaderboard that the some of those prizes were such large points for doing single behaviors. And there wasn't anyone that was like way ahead on there. So I actually like clicked a few things because it didn't feel unattainable. Mm -hmm. It felt like, and there were some cool prizes. Yeah, yeah. Like the unobtainable things, an important piece. So, to I'm just gonna go full video game nerd today. Brilliant. Um, so, Brilliant. so um, there's a game. Oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting what the hell it is called. I'm googling hardest video game ever to see if I can <laughs> remember what it's called. Let's see, because it, it's like infamously the most difficult game ever. So, the Dark Souls trilogy. That's what's called, and they did an online version that I just totally forget but i recently played it and it's so freaking hard and i remember my friend used to be like oh dark souls it's such a beautiful game it's so like really interesting and you know but i always he always be like but it's almost impossible you like die a hundred times a day like you're literally it's so difficult and i thought to myself totally unobtainable I'm good. I blocked myself out of it. And it wasn't until the online version, which someone emails eventbrew at hellolens.com if you remember what game I'm talking about. Um, they came out with the online version and it got a perfect score. It was the first ever perfect score on like all these video game rankings. And I was like, okay, if it's really like perfect, I have to try it. And we all played it and I you eventually got good at it, right? But it was so hard that I know tons of people, including I think my CFO, Gianesh, who tried to play it and he died so many times he gave up. 
like almost immediately. And that's, I think, a great example analogy of like if you make it too hard for people to to progress through your gamification, then they're not going to do it. They're just going to do whatever the hell they want to do or they'll just not do it, period. You just said something, and I, to be clear, I do not hate on video games. I just recognize <laughs> we just need to get behavior. you into more of them. <laughs> I, I think Jane McGonigal is doing some really interesting work around video games and the neuroscience behind it. I find it really, really fascinating. But it's sort of like fiction. I also know I'm supposed to read fiction because it's good for my brain. I just yeah. don't. Yeah. So it's True. like I know I'm supposed to actually start playing video games because it's good for. If they prove it now that it's so healthy for you and it helps build yeah, problems. I'm like working on enough other things right now, you know, I'm still getting my steps in. So, so I, so like I got an idea, a random idea to build on for, for you. Um, so one interesting thing about a lot of video games too, is that as you start to unlock things and do challenges that you unlock currency or like points that you can use to do X, Y, Z. So not necessarily ex level up your character, but like maybe you unlock what like Call of Duty, for example, I play a lot of Warzone, uh, like COD points, which let you then buy guns and skins and all those things like that, right? So do you think that if as an attendee, if you could gamify it as an event and you unlocked currency that you could use to buy a cookie at the snack bar or, you know, or whatever it is. It's like it's ultimately giving them a prize they actually want, which everybody wants money, right, that they can use. Do you think that that would be successful? So I'm – as soon as you said currency, I was thinking about my own community and I'm thinking about what is the most valuable currency here. And it's time. Essentially, these are women that make a lot of money. Mm. Money is not necessarily the object, but it is access to time with women who they think can further their careers. Oh, so I, I think I'm thinking about prizes. I'm and I'm thinking about again in this in this digital space, a lot of it doesn't mean anything. Like, well, money is fake anyway. So a yeah. hundred dollar Amazon gift card, that's not a limited opportunity thing yeah, so i'm thinking how do i make this matter and there's there's really two things that drive my community and the reason that they show up and one of them is access to other thought leaders like an hour of time is worth thousands and thousands of dollars yeah yeah so the hour of time and that's limited and the other thing i'm thinking about is and we all in some ways are building brands right we're all building brands it's how you get to do cool stuff with other cool people doing cool stuff is to let the world know what you're doing to have to have your your achievements, but also your passions and your interests and your accomplishments elevated. So I just maybe am arguing with myself on LinkedIn last night because I'm thinking I can see a bridge between a digital event and a physical event if ultimately the prize of that gamification is an attendee profile on the website that lives on that speaks about this attendee and why they're involved in this event in this community. and. And if it in some way helps elevate and build their own brand in a meaningful way that isn't with a thousand other attendees, but it's like, these are the top three attendees that really networked in a meaningful way. And here's, here's who they are and what they're doing and what they're working on. So I'm, I'm thinking about brand building and, and access to, to high touch relationships with, I'm, I'm going to say valuable people. And by valuable people, I mean, people doing cool stuff that you want to be attached to and involved with. Okay. 
So like I think like you bring up this good point that like that we we're trying to harp on too that is like you have to give them if you're doing gamification you have to be giving them like a prize that they actually want to rather than just like a, oh whatever it may be like so the great example of this is again I'll go back to inbound is like so for example Alex won the like noise canceling Bose headphones I already own those headphones and that was like the top prize and I was like well if I already own that why the hell would I not want to be that person but reality is like you want every you want me engaging because my I have a great Twitter network that could, you know, if I'm tweeting out, they're going to let people know that I'm at inbound, for example. I think that like a lot of times too, like we have to think about like what do attendees truly want? And sometimes that's not cool tech. It's not an iPad. Sometimes it's not, you know, like, yeah, more money or whatever it is. But in your case, like, I think it's very smart to think about like, yeah, networking with certain people. When you said time though, uh, that got my me fascinated. That's like the universal equalizer in a lot of ways. Like what if, for example, um, you know, for example, like I think about this when it comes to time is like waiting in line for things or, um, for example, if, you know, I don't know, like there's something I have to do that day, like it's going to take time. What if I could like shortcut to that? Right. Um, you know, like I almost thought like, for a second, I thought about a really probably a bad idea, which would be like access to on-demand content. And I'm like, yeah, I don't need to be here. I'm just going to like watch the content on my own. But like, we all know no one watches on-demand content. But I think someone out there is probably listening. This probably has a good idea. Like, what can you do to maybe save your attendees time? If you do have long lines, how can they cut them? If, uh, you know, for example, like I'm thinking about right now with me as a, an attendee to an upcoming events, everyone knows I love using festivals as like an example right now, is that like, for example, I'm really excited about the idea of attending Electric Forest. In Electric Forest, they only sell their tickets. They immediately sell the tickets the like first round to only people who have attended before, like repeat attendees. So by the time that it, they almost sell out almost all their tickets to return attendees, then they let the new people come in. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's also a really good idea too that like if you don't have that mechanism maybe it's something like the example of being like look I, if your event sells out really quickly just letting someone get a ticket right away or maybe you know i don't know like i think this prize is a little weak but like allowing them to come back the next year i mean if they're really really engaged you want to make sure that person's there again the next year the challenge i think will be like how do you get that person to come back a third year after they've been given a free ticket but that maybe that's a separate well conversation you, you know, it's funny. You just took me back to the registration lines of 2019 um, <laughs> and <laughs> lines in general, just a problem. But, you know, New York Airport, they do that right at uh, they're very, very good at JFK, like their line management. We get event people go to JFK, pay attention to the line management. They're not nice, but they're very efficient. But I'm thinking about, all right, so one of the things that we all really want to do, something that would further all of our goals is increase this attendee engagement pre-event. So we, you know, we talk about how the experience really starts from the moment you open that first email, the first time you start thinking about this engagement. And one of the, one of the puzzles that I'm still working on is how do I get the digital attendee to be thinking about my event before their calendar alert goes off? So I haven't solved that problem yet, but I'm thinking about my in-person attendee, right? And if I can incentivize reaching out, personalizing your agenda in the app, networking with other folks, um, maybe checking out uh, who the sponsors will be before the event. And I can earn my way into a fast pass line so that when I show up on site, I can skip that craziness. I can get a coffee instead because I just got fast pass or registration that I would participate in. You'd probably get, I could probably like, I would probably for eight hours at night, like do something crazy in order to skip two hours of line the next morning. 
you know, and I'm, that is interesting to me. I, I got an idea to build upon it too. So I was thinking about this. It might be hard, like if you don't have a lot of lines, but you know what we all hate right now is waiting for an Uber, right? Like, and if we're going to a conference and you're going like to a new city, like I've been getting frustrated with sometimes you order an Uber and you're like 20 minutes, like, God dang it. Like I need to go now. Or, you know, you have to think to yourself, I got to order this Uber for 20 minutes. And then like, let's be honest, like, even though like, I'm like, I'll order it and then I'll wait and do other things. I don't want to risk it that if I order it and it comes right away. So we order it. And then we're like, oh, now I'm doing nothing for 20 minutes. And that 20 minutes away is like the most boring time to me right now. So problem solve this. Let's say, for example, you get attendees to engage ahead of time. You say, whoever's the most engaged person, we're going to send a driver to pick you up at your hotel and take you to the convention center every single day. So you don't even have to worry about the car showing up. They'll, you know, blah, blah, blah. You can just text them, let them know when you want to go, all these things like that. Like VIP experience level. And let's be honest, probably like – that costs maybe what, like $50 a ride, maybe $100 a day, $300 total to do that for a three-day conference. Like, And you just said, hey, we're going to give our most engaged attendee ahead of time. You're definitely getting more than $300 in value to that person. And man, also, they're going to feel like a super VIP. So they're probably going to talk about it more. They're going to want to engage even more. So like, maybe if you can do experiences like that too, where it's not necessarily at the event, but maybe around the event. Maybe it's something like, hey, like we're going to deliver you coffee every morning to your hotel room or something like that. Yeah, like, we're hospitality people. We know how to take care of people. <laughs> yeah. Is there, you know, I was also thinking like maybe if I can't fast pass the line, maybe at least I can have coffee delivered to you or a smoothie or yeah. while you're waiting in line. Like how do we, how do we create more high touch experiential rewards for good behavior but you did kind of lose me as soon as you said uber because i just was like dude you cannot even hate on you have access to rideshare. Yeah, i'm on true. an island yeah. there is no uber here <laughs> i have stepped back in time by a million years like getting to the airport for me involves first of all you have to make an actual friend then you have to like call that friend on the telephone and ask them for a ride it's it's like it's very archaic so the but, but so the, so we getting you a driver to the airport from your house would probably be an a, extremely amazing VIP experience. Exactly, and a driver <laughs> that wasn't gonna like take the day off because the fishing was good. <laughs> so wait though, like it's really hard to get an Uber in, in Hawaii. I didn't even know there's, this. There's no Uber where oh, I am. Wow. I'm in I'm in Hilo. I'm in the okay. jungle. Like I really really <laughs> I really wanted to understand what my most re- remote attendees were going through. So I put myself in that position. <laughs> you put yourself in a jungle. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Okay, so back to like I think uh, experiences. Like, what other thoughts do you do you have around like maybe ways that gamification could be done better? You know, I everything that we've sort of like sparked that's got me feeling excited has gone back to sort of to physical space, and so my brain is trying to flip back to digital space and how can I create excitement there and opportunities there and and. What I what I'm coming to right now is like one of the things that I think a lot of my attendees would play for and what I might play for myself is a one hour opportunity to have a follow up private call with a keynote speaker. Um, I I really I think the value is in access to thought leadership um, or maybe it's a guaranteed. The other big piece of our events are recruitment. So maybe it's a you guaranteed one-on-one video call with not the screening person, but with an actual hiring manager, Mm. like, but opening access to opportunities and those opportunities for me always go back to real humans. Real Mm. humans are at the center of every event. (laughs) And 
you know, and if I'm sending a private ride to a person, I'm bringing that person to other people. They're not playing for slag, you know, they're, Mm -hmm. they're, so I really think keeping the human super central to both of these experiences. And that's also, I think why I'm liking that idea of creating an opportunity to elevate the profiles of some of our attendees who have been really engaged, you know, and, and uplifting and elevating their voices and their stories as a part of our, you know, overall journey and our overall sort of marketing path and archives and history and letting them help tell the story of the conference. So maybe, maybe the prize, I I hate the word prize, maybe some of the incentive behind. (laughs) I think prize (laughs) is an okay term. Prize is okay. It is, is like this, you know, maybe this person gets featured on my explainer video the next year. As the person who mastered the platform last year, let me tell you how I did it. Because mm. like I, I always like am envisioning my myself in that role. Like let me tell you how I meet all of these people using the platform that I happen to be using. Like because I make actual relationships, wind up in a lot of Zoom calls off platform, wind up meeting people for coffee when I'm back on the mainland. So I think that, and I would love to be able to like tell the story of how I've how these behaviors that the organizer wants me to do, which is participate in their platform, have then furthered my own goals of meeting actual humans in physical space. Mm -hmm. I got a wild idea. Shoot. So I think that like one of the hardest parts about this is that we can probably be here for like a year listing off like tons of different ideas, but each one is probably more or less valuable depending on who, it all depends on the person, right? So we're like sitting here being like, so how can we create an experience that's customized and personalized? And you know me and my controversial pushing of the envelope. What if instead you did it where what, let's say you offered all these prizes, micro prizes, whatever the heck they're going to be. And instead of it being like, oh, you're, we're going to tell you what you're going to get. You say, we just give you a blank box. You write what you want. Like, and let's be honest. It's kind of like the idea that like, for example, they do the like uh, for some people for albums for a while. We're like, just name your price. And some people were like, we'll give you a thousand dollars for this album. And some people were like, I just want this for free. Everybody had what they wanted on there. I bet you a lot of people would be like, I don't really care about getting anything, or I get want something small. But chances are, whatever they ask for, you're probably capable of delivering. Yes, if they ask for a million dollars, you're gonna have to have a conversation with them. And be like, I'm really sorry, I don't have a million dollars. What else do you want? You know. But like, I bet you most people would be say something like, Yeah, like. I want to. I would love to have a call with Gary Vaynerchuk as the keynote speaker. Can you arrange that? I bet you, as the organizer, you could easily just be like, "Hey, Gary, one of our attendees, our most engaged attendee, would love to have a one-hour call. We will, you know, how much would that cost? Or like, we'll just arrange it. You probably could make it. Oh, I want coffee. Or oh, I do want those Bose headphones. Like they, they would tell you what they want, and it would give this option to give like true final personalization on it, um, on there too. So I wonder if like that could work too. I I'm thinking that they might, I mean, cause we always think things need to be really big and shiny mm-hmm. and you just sort of sparked that like sometimes value is so subjective that often what they ask for might be easier for us to facilitate <laughs> than what we were thinking we needed to f- facilitate. Yeah. Because like one of the things I would ask for, I'm like, hop in, put me back in touch with your head of product. Let me have a conversation. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. and that costs them nothing actually yeah. helps them in the end too, but like would be super valuable to me. So yeah. you're right, like really asking, putting the attendee back at the center, you know, yeah. and not making assumptions about what's valuable to other people. Totally. I don't know right, how so- it, 
Oh, go ahead. I feel like we just solved the entire world problems. <laughs> we solved all engagement problems completely. Yeah, we're, um, we're done. <laughs> you know, like I, I'll add one comment, and then I think that's actually a really great transition. Unless you got anything else that you want, you wanna, you wanna throw on in. I do feel like we totally solved engagement. But one idea I was thinking too is that you'd probably have to solve with that though. Is like I don't know how it relates to motivation and human behavior in terms of them not knowing what the prize is. Because sometimes when you know what you're getting, it makes it more motivating, right? Like whereas you say you know, we, you're going to let us know what you want. You might be like, I don't really care now. You know, I don't know what I'm getting out of this. Um, but you'd have to give some good examples of things people have asked for. Oh, yeah. Fake, fake it if you have to, but like yeah. give yeah. some examples to spark, but yeah, also it, leave that door open that also behind door number four is whatever you choose. You could do like, you get to you like, like A, B, C, D or E or E is fill in the blank. You know, like, or something like that too might be an option where it's like, oh yeah, you have these th four things if you really don't have any idea what you want. And then here's this like blank check kind of option here at the bottom. Hopefully not blank check in terms of cost. <laughs> well, but in going back to onsite, I'm like, I'm just, I'm thinking of some sort of low barrier things that actually could be huge attendee value. Like somebody coming from a smaller company, maybe I'm, I cover their expenses of attending. You know, mm. uh, a busy mom who's actually lives local. Maybe I put her up in a suite. Yeah. Give her a bath with no kids banging on the bathroom door. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the ways that we could really elevate that experience and create value, I think are kind of infinite. And I want to say that, all right, dear LinkedIn, I changed my mind. Gamification <laughs> does currently suck, but it doesn't have to. I, but that's what I vowed last night was like, I'm going to be open-minded. I'm going to, you just like made all yeah. my dreams come true workshopping this with me because I needed Beautiful. so badly to, to have a way that I could think of this that opened my mind back up. It didn't just go like, who wants to be on a dumb leaderboard? Yeah, who wants to be on a leaderboard? Exactly, exactly. I, I'll add in one last little tip too is like, you know, Ritz Carlton has this rule that like if you're at the front desk, if someone comes up and asks for something, the front desk person is empowered. I think it's like up to $500. They have the empowered to basically make any decision, make anything happen for the guest as long as it's le $500 or less um, on there. And I think like we need to start thinking that same way when it comes to maybe our gamification is like, how can we make it so we're accommodating to whatever the, the attendee needs for what the hard work that they've done in order to do the behaviors that we, we want to see from them as well. I have to close on a story then because we just like... <laughs> So, you know, Ritz Carlton motto of surprise and delight. Um, I come from a long history in events. Uh, I've drugged my entire family into events at one point or another, you know, like back in the day, half my staff didn't show up. I'm calling my mom and my brother, getting them to set up wedding chairs, like been through it all. <laughs> but my, uh, my younger sister actually has uh, wound up going into experiential. She's moved into sort of the more the museum side, but she did a lot of catering, very high end catering for years. And there's a company in the Bay Area, Paula DeLuke, very nice company. No, Paula LeDuke, sorry, Paula. And their gut, their first response to every attendee request is absolutely. So my sister's at a very high-end party and there are ornamental artichokes in the bouquets on the table and a guest requests, you know, their number one dying wish here is, can you please cook this artichoke for me? She's forced to respond, absolutely, I will cook your centerpiece, brings it back, serves this artichoke to this guest as dessert, and then got their wish. So oh, it's wow. like, I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, like, maybe what they want isn't that hard for us to do. Maybe we can just answer, absolutely. Totally. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, like you said, I think we've solved all engagement ever, but I will end on one last fact that is 
gamification also isn't the solu- isn't a silver bullet when it comes to engagement. I think that's the one thing I always talk about is like there's no silver bullet when it comes to this stuff. It's hard work. You got to design your content the right way. You got to build great gamification systems. You got to have great event technology. It's all this stuff in concert that comes together. And, and also it's the people facilitating it. It's yeah. the power of all of the humans holding the space because gamification is not solved with pre-planning or with technology. It's with live humans in that moment. Exactly, exactly. Preach, preach, preach. I love it. Preach. Ariana, I, th- I think we're going to have to have you back for another episode. I think you have solidified your spot as a guest host here at Event Brew. So awesome job. I this showed was so up. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you showed up. That's, you know, boom, That like that's it. That's all you had to do. So we, pre- we appreciate you so much for being on the show and sharing all the great ideas. You got my mind spinning. I can't imagine what our, our listeners are thinking about right now, too. So um, do let us know, though. Email us and let us know what your head's spinning about. Event brew at helloendless.com we'd love to know like what are your ways that you think gamification can be done better what ideas have we sparked with you um and yeah i think that will uh that will that do us any final parting words ariana i just want to thank you for so much fun and uh and i really i really would love like if listeners have things that they've seen in the past that have either motivated motivated their own behavior or they've seen incentivize other people and it really has felt meaningful like please like share because the events world needs to learn. I couldn't agree even anymore, anymore at all. I mean, I can't talk. I'm going to, my, that I really can't talk right now. Let's play this outro. Thanks all for joining all of our listeners. You guys are awesome. And let's uh, call this another event brew. Thanks again for listening to event brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew.